Welcome in to the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you're doing well. We have made another Friday. We are talking Odell Beckham Jr. to Los Angeles. Why is all in comments made zero sense? I will also chat about the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks betting preview. We also talk Wisconsin Northwestern betting preview. We'll get into all of it. I'm excited. It's a good show. It's Friday. We are rocking. We are rolling. But let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. has said that he is going to go to the Los Angeles Rams. He signed a deal with the Los Angeles Rams. It's a one-year deal. He is going to chase a ring. He's joining his friends, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and they recruited him hard, just like the Green Bay Packers recruited Von Miller with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't think anything the Green Bay Packers did was wrong. I think that the people who have been critical of the Packers in the past should not be in this scenario. If they are, they are playing a bit because I think what the Packers did was everything they could to get Odell Beckham Jr. and not only appease Aaron Rodgers, but probably appease Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams and Odell have a relationship. I think Rodgers would have liked to have more weapons, of course. Ask Aaron Rodgers, like, hey, do you want another weapon on your offense? Sure, why not? It's like asking a chef, hey, do you want this awesome knife in your kitchen or do you want us to just keep it in storage? Of course they're going to want the awesome knife, you know, right? They're not going to just say, nah, we don't need him. Like, if it, it, <laughs> come on. So Odell Beckham Jr. then comes out and says that the Packers weren't all in. Now, he was like, the Packers did not give me the sense that they were all in. You had people who are in the media, I don't even know if I'd call them in the media, an emerging media member, let's just call it that, saying that this could ruin their relationship with Devontae Adams and yada yada. And we'll play this game for the rest of the week, the year, who knows. And it'll be a huge media topic today on First Take and Get Up as we get ready for the NFL week. The, the idea that the Packers are not all in could not be the furthest thing from the fucking truth, all right? That is a bullshit, bold-faced lie from Odell Beckham Jr. First of all, it is about the money. If you look at what Odell Beckham Jr. got from the Rams, who I have no idea how the Rams keep coming up with money, like at some point you got to look into what the Rams are doing with cap space and be like, First of all, can we replicate it if you're an NFL team? Second, is it actually legal? So the Rams are like 4.25 million is what they gave Odell Beckham Jr. 500k signing bonus, 750 the rest of the season, and another 3 million available in team-based incentives based on how they finish in the regular season or the postseason. This means for those out there that Odell Beckham Jr. got a 1.25 million dollar deal now Packers could not afford that they could afford the vet minimum so the Rams have a little more cap space somehow and made it happen and gave Odell Beckham Jr. a little bit more money and then they have another three million that is basically based on how we finish so it's likely unless the Rams win the Super Bowl it is unlikely that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to see that three million dollars but I'm sure Beckham's agents and Beckham's team has told him, look, you're going to be in LA. You could have a chance at some real popularity. You could you know, expand your brand. You might be able to make up that $3 million with some endorsement deals or just the overall exposure of playing for the Rams. It is similar to when 
guys joining the Los Angeles Lakers or the Los Angeles Dodgers. There is a vibe and a feeling about LA. It is glitz and glamour, as I said in the reviews on social media yesterday. Tapping the keg sports on Instagram, TikTok, tapping the keg on Twitter. So make sure you're following those. Odell Beckham Jr.'s idea of all in it has nothing to do with anything else but money. Green Bay couldn't pay that. And so according to Odell, that meant he, they were not all in. It also could have meant that Green Bay shot him straight when it said what would be his role in this team. And they told him, look, you're going to get X amount of snaps. This is how we see you in our offense. And it's not going to be, you're not going to be the pure number two. And maybe that threw him off. And I don't understand the Rams angle from an actual offensive standpoint. So the all-in statement was mostly about money, all right? Like, that, that's where it came in. Like, the Packers weren't all-in because they couldn't pay Odell the way he wanted to be paid. And the Rams stepped up to the plate because the Rams are hell-bent on winning a Super Bowl. The Rams know that having a Super Bowl in Los Angeles where they are playing would be massive for their brand. And they are trying like hell to get there. Now, I will tell you in a little bit here why I don't think that this is going to solve all their problems. Um, but LA is definitely looking at this and saying, all right, this is another piece and we're pushing ourselves all in. Green Bay's all in to win a championship. Don't get that twisted. Just because they couldn't pay Odell Beckham doesn't mean that the Packers have not tried everything in their power to make sure they have a Super Bowl roster. They lose a cornerback, they go out and get Russell Douglas. They struggle at linebacker. They go out and get Jalen Smith. That didn't work out. But look, those things are not always perfect. They go out and they get Whitney Merciless to rush the rush the quarterback. And at some point, everybody's going to come back and you're going to look at this and say, holy shit, they have so many guys that can help this team. Zaire, uh, Zaire. <laughs> it was like Jair and Zaire. Zedaria Smith's probably going to come back a little bit earlier than Jair Smith per Matt LaFleur yesterday, actually. So at some point, you'll get Zedaria Smith. And then it's all of a sudden, it's like we have four legitimate pass rushers. Jair Alexander comes back, and all of a sudden, you have a really strong secondary. And that's the type of shit that we're going to look at come January and say, holy shit, the Green Bay Packers have put themselves in position to succeed. And Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to be the last receiver that gets released before the end of the year, all right? And I'm not saying that the receivers that get released are going to be wanting to go to Green Bay or Green Bay is going to have interest in them, but you just never know, right? So, like, for us to be like, Green Bay is not going to add another weapon before the end of the year, I think that's unknown. I think we don't know yet if Green Bay is going to have an opportunity to add an additional weapon. Who knows? Maybe a tight end gets released and Green Bay looks at it and says, all right, we can use this guy to replace Robert Tunyon, which we have not seen what Green Bay will... Oh, we saw it last week with DeGuerre a little bit, but without Aaron Rodgers. So the all-in comment is ridiculous, and it's something that I don't necessarily think warrants more attention than just a podcast segment on a Friday, and that's about it. And Odell Beckham Jr. is going to regret not playing for the Green Bay Packers. I just hope you understand that. The reason Deshaun Jackson left L.A. and asked for his release is because he was not getting enough snaps. How the fuck is Odell Beckham Jr. going to get more snaps than Deshaun Jackson? Now, 
Odell Beckham Jr. is way better than Deshaun Jackson. Even though Odell Beckham has not shown to be a number one receiver in years. All right? Odell Beckham Jr. is better than Deshaun Jackson, so maybe he will get more snaps. But they are not running a lot of four wide receiver, five wide receiver sets for Matt Stafford. Why? I don't think Matt Stafford has the offensive line to hold up. I think that's the sneaky secret about the Rams. Their offensive line is not that good. And we saw it a little bit with Tennessee. I think you're going to see it a little bit more as teams sort of figure this out and realize you can frustrate the hell out of Matt Stafford. I also want to see Matt Stafford beat a good team. Even though quarterback win-loss records don't matter too much, Matt Stafford has nine wins. Nine against teams over 500. He's going to get opportunities. Rams Packers in two weeks is going to be a massive game for just everything. I mean, if the Packers blow out the Rams that game, it's going to be a massive statement. Now they play the 49ers, not a 500 team. We'll see what happens when they play Green Bay, when they play the Arizona Cardinals, when they maybe play the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if the Vikings will be 500 by then. And the Baltimore Ravens. Like, hey, the, the Rams have a legitimately difficult schedule down the stretch. Play a 49ers team on Monday night this week that is desperately trying to make get themselves back into the playoff race. They play the Packers that following week. Then the Jaguars, pretty easy there. Go to Arizona, Seattle at home. Go to Minnesota. Minnesota could be fighting for a playoff spot. They also could be dead. Then they go to chilly Baltimore in early January and then back home to play the 49ers. It's a pretty interesting schedule to finish off the year. I still think that the NFC runs through Green Bay, and I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is immediately making this Rams team more of a Super Bowl contender than they already were. All right, let's get into the betting preview. Uh, We do this on most Fridays. The Green Bay Packers are a three and a half point favorite against the Seattle Seahawks. There is no word yet on if Aaron Rodgers will play on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers can get cleared from COVID protocols on on Saturday. Uh, So we will wait and see what happens there. Now Rodgers has been active. He's been in all of the Zoom meetings this week. So it seems to me like Aaron Rodgers is planning to play. Even though Aaron Rodgers said, well, I have to check my heart, have to check everything else. I think it's a almost guarantee that we're going to see Aaron Rodgers on that football field on Sunday, as long as he clears all of the protocols necessary. That should make it for a really fun game because then you'll have Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. We did a big Rodgers-Wilson podcast yesterday. Make sure you listen to that. If you didn't, listens were great on that. So thank you for those who checked that out. It's going to be a hell of a game between those two teams. The Seattle Seahawks are 3-5. and five. Seattle Seahawks, this is a kitchen sink game for them. They are throwing all of their eggs in this basket. They need to win this game. If Seattle does not win this game, they are likely out of the playoff race. It's going to be a massive hill to climb. Now, Seattle does not do well at Lambeau Field. It is not a place that has gone well for Russell Wilson. It has been a house of horrors. In fact, if you look at the ATS matchup between the two, the Packers have covered in seven of the last 10. They pushed in one. They're seven, two, and one against the spread versus Seattle. That's really impressive stuff. Packers are 3-0 against the spread at home. 
Uh, they're seven and two overall. Seattle three and or uh, sorry, they're five and three against the spread. They're actually three and one on the road. Seattle's been a, a little bit of a better road team. So when it comes to betting this game, you obviously have to wait for the news on Rodgers. I do think the line will go up to five if Aaron Rodgers comes back. I do believe that there is a fuck you edge with Aaron Rodgers that cannot be made up in the betting world. I think you should jump on the Packers because I think what you're going to see is Aaron Rodgers have a massive game and all of a sudden everybody's going to realize, oh, this chip, this guy that always puts a chip on his shoulder, his new chip is the NFL. His new chip is all the haters about COVID and he's going to light the world on fire for the next few weeks. That is exactly what I think will happen. I feel really good about this game. I know Seattle's playing a little bit better, but nothing to me looks at it where I'm like, all right, Seattle is is in this thing. There also another Seattle stat about the against the spread. They're 05 and 1 against the Packers in their last 6 games. They're 2 and 5 straight up in their last 7 games, so they've kind of trailed off. But that also is a lot of Geno Smith. This Seattle offense has not been able to get moving. And maybe it'll be a revival and Seattle all of a sudden is back in the mix. They are a hungry dog, sure. But the Green Bay Packers, I think, have a little bit of hunger in themselves. And they want to prove last week offensively was just Jordan Love in Kansas City and not too much else. I don't expect Seattle to blitz like crazy against Aaron Rodgers. Don't expect that to happen. I know Jamal Adams is going to send the house. We'll see. But Green Bay has a secondary they can take advantage of. Seattle defense has looked a little bit better this year, but I also would ask you, what's your favorite offense that Seattle has faced? Really, it's just the Rams, and that was at home on a, on a short week. So I'm not going to put entirely too much stock there. And I think the Rams ended up getting close to 20 points, right? It was it 26? Yeah, maybe not. So we'll see. I really like Packers. As for the over-under, I would stay away. Both these teams have been under teams all year. So there is that that sort of thing of like, all right, do you just keep betting the under? It's 49. That's pretty high for two teams that have not been able to cover an, an overspread all year. But Rodgers and Wilson, man, I just, I don't know. I would, I would stay away from that. Would not touch it. Three and a half, I really like. And honestly, if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be back, I would jump on that today and go... St- all in on that on that number but if you don't if you're still a little hesitant it's okay to wait just know you're probably not getting it at three you're probably going to get it closer to five and a half but i really like the packers i think there's going to be a fuck you edge with aaron Rodgers, and the lines aren't accounting for that and they'll see it and they'll be like oh shit and then packers are probably going to be favored in minnesota next week moving on to the wisconsin badgers the wisconsin badgers have the Northwestern Wildcats. Northwestern is three and six on the season. The Badgers are six and three. Against the spread records, that's the same for Northwestern. The Badgers are five and four against the spread. Badgers are a 24-point favorite. That is a heavy, heavy favorite for the Wisconsin Badgers. The over-under is 41. I love the Badgers in this spot. I I kind of like the Badgers almost more than I like the Packers this weekend. And the it's really simple. Northwestern can't stop the run. Northwestern is awful against the run. And because Northwestern is the worst team in the Big Ten against the run, 
The Badgers are going to go all day on them. And this Badger defense is on another level right now. They have 13 takeaways in their last three games. I mean, they're playing really, really good football. And while I think this spread is fair, I think you'd be a fool to think that they can Northwestern can keep it in the number. Northwestern just lost to Minnesota two weeks ago by 27 at home. And Minnesota has a similar philosophy about running the damn ball. Wisconsin's going to run down Northwestern's throat, and they're going to win this game very easily. I understand the angle of Northwestern has one last gasp to try to make themselves bowl eligible. They'd have to win out. So there is some of that. So maybe you get a little bit of that from the Wildcats. But they can't if they can't stop the run against Wisconsin, I have no idea how you can't look at this and say Wisconsin's gonna win by 30. What Wisconsin could just win 25 or 27 to nothing. That could easily be the score here. I again would be hesitant on the over-under. I know the Badgers knocked it over. I talked about that a little bit with Rutgers. I was like, you know, that was such a low number, and the Badgers almost covered it by themselves in the first half. I was 34. The number, I think, was 38. I'd be cautious on this one, just based on the Badgers' ability to score a lot of points right now. Maybe that's an angle. Maybe you grab the over because you're just seeing what Wisconsin continues to do with their getting the ball back defensively and getting short fields and being able to run the ball. From a matchup perspective, Northwestern has been pretty good against the spread versus Wisconsin. They're 7-3 uh, against the Badgers. The under is 7-3 and three as well. So if you look at it from just against the spread and over-unders, you'd actually say the inverse of what I've been talking about. You'd say take Northwestern with the points and take the under. Northwestern also has been pretty brutal on the road this year. Their own three ATS, they have not been good. They have not been good away from Ryan Field. So there, there's also that concern. To me, this is Badger weather, 35 degrees. It's going to be chilly in Madison. They are just going to run the football, and Northwestern is not going to want to be there probably by 11.30, 11.45. The Badgers are red hot, and I think you want to ride the Badgers until you can't any further. Let's do some bucks since we have a Friday game, and I didn't talk too much, actually. I... I looked at the podcast time. I was looking at it another screen, and I'm like, I've only done 20 minutes, which maybe some of you will be okay with. I'm okay with, honestly. Um, I used to do daily taps that were like 15 minutes. Um, so to do only about 20 minutes, I think it's all right. Let's wrap up with the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks play on Friday night, so we have a line there. The Bucks are a two-point favorite against the Boston Celtics. The Bucks are kind of starting to feel themselves the Bucks have owned the Celtics in the last few few years. Um, there have not been a lot of teams that the Bucks have succeeded more against than the Boston Celtics. Now, Boston Celtics are playing all right as well. They're kind of starting to figure it out in their own right. Uh, but the Bucks are are definitely ready to uh, deliver the pain against the, this Celtics team. The early sort of money has came in on the Celtics, so maybe this line does change. It's the third game in four nights for the Bucks, so that there is a little bit of that concern. But Giannis Antetokounmpo has owned the Boston Celtics. Only Bradley Beal and oh man, who is the other one? There's only been two players that have had more points 
against Boston. Beal's one of them. I apologize for the other one that I didn't have on hand. But that Giannis has had a really strong, strong games against Boston. No Chris Middleton hurts because Chris Middleton owns the Celtics more than Giannis does. Chris Middleton's an absolute Celtics killer. Uh, but Giannis definitely gets up for these games. And Boston doesn't really have a guy to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. They still don't. Uh, they Al Horford will be the Giannis quote-unquote stopper. We know that Al Horford is not that guy. He used to be that guy. He isn't that guy. He hasn't been that guy since the playoffs. So I do think Giannis will be able to succeed. Um, I do think the Celtics perimeter defense... You know, they don't have Jalen Brown. They have Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. They, they, Like I said, they've been figuring it out a little bit without Jalen Brown out there. But I'm not ready to be like, oh yeah, Boston's completely fixed. And they've completely fixed everything that is currently wrong with them. They have, they have a couple nice wins, but it's not anything to be like, okay, this team has righted the ship. They've won three of their last four. Uh, beating teams like Orlando, Miami, Dallas, or they lost Dallas on buzzer beater, and Toronto. The games have also been rock fights. Um, they have been very much under games, uh, 92 to 79, 95 to 78, 104 to 88, 104 to 107. So these games have not necessarily been into the high 110s, 120s, um, as the NBA unders have continued to be a thing. And if you're just betting NBA unders this year, I think you are a very rich man or woman. But I do like the Bucks in this spot. I do worry a little bit about three days, three games and four nights. But I, I think the Bucks are going to get up for this one. I think the Bucks have enough shooting. The Celtics have not necessarily shown to me enough where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is an entirely, entirely different team. Um, the Bucks are seven and three straight up against Boston in their last ten games. If you just look at that line, which is two, you could grab the money line there. And seven and three, I feel pretty good about that. One and five ATS against Boston in their last six, which is interesting. Um, but the under has gone for Milwaukee in eight of their last nine games. The over under here is two thirteen, so it's kind of low. As for Boston. Um, they, do they have any under trends? They don't. But what's interesting, and this is where you say, all right, I stay away. The over has went five of their last five times when they played Milwaukee. So that's where you just stay away. Boston also 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games. So speaking to the point about Boston, they are definitely feeling themselves more so than they have in the early parts of the year. I still think this is a nice bet for for Wisconsin or for Milwaukee, and I think they can they can get it done and win this game and win their third straight game and be seven and six and then get ready for Atlanta on Sunday night, which to me then would be house money. I would look at that and say, even though it's a Eastern Conference final rematch, I would look and say, all right, you've won three games on this road trip. You know, if Giannis wants to have a night off. I wouldn't hate it. Um, they have the Lakers coming to town, I think, on Wednesday. Um, and maybe you'll get Chris Middleton back for that, which is great. And definitely, you know, where you look at it going forward. I know you have some college basketball also on the docket this weekend. Just stay away from that. Unless that's your thing. Unless you're like a college basketball sharp. There's no reason to be dabbling into the college basketball lines when you have all this football, all this basketball, or all this NBA. Um, there's no need. So that's my life advice to you, shall we say. 
and definitely uh, best of luck. And I hope that you bet on your teams. I think you could have a really profitable weekend betting the Bucks tonight, betting the Badgers tomorrow, and betting the Packers on Sunday. I think those all will, will play off for you. So let's hope that's the case. Let's hope Aaron Rodgers gets back. Um, a little programming note. I do not know what we're going to do podcast-wise for, for Monday. So I'm going to the Packer game. Then I work at 6 a.m. So I'll see what time I get home. I pick up the dog. Uh, maybe just have something, you know, and, and do a little quick podcast. Just a recap of the Packers. And we'll talk more about the weekend on Tuesday. And maybe just save a lot of, like, the weekend talk. Like Badgers, Bucks, um, anything else that comes through the wire. Maybe we save that for Tuesday and we just do Packers, and we do a recap, and we do star ratings, and that's it. Maybe that's kind of the way to to save this, so we'll see. I definitely want to talk about my Lambeau experience, everything like that. I always find it interesting to be my first time back in Lambeau in literally two years. So excited for that one, excited to go. Um, yeah, we'll talk Monday. Uh, we'll probably do a Twitter space in the car. I'm not driving. Um, I know my Twitter space guys were wondering. Um, we'll probably do an in the car sort of Twitter space as long as my wife's okay with it. If not, we'll uh, we'll do some sort of space during the week. Um, I actually can't do it Monday. I told the guys I was like, oh, we'll do it Monday, and then I have tickets to Marquette, Illinois, so I will not be doing it Monday. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a great Friday. We will see you Monday. Have a good one. Bye.